everybody, and welcome to Fanbyte's Fantastic Final Fantasy Fan With episode here on Fanbyte.com. I'm Stephen Strum, managing editor of Fanbyte.com, as usual, uh, host of uh, the normal podcast. John is laughing at me. Uh, that would be John Warren, uh, head of media at Fanbyte.com. Hello. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of apps. I, I think we're, we're going to expect a lot of apps in this podcast. I'm just paying my respect to us. <laughs> uh, we are doing another special episode here. We've been doing a few of these lately, as it turns out, it feels yeah. like. You know what? We've been seeing more games early. Yeah, yeah. It's been happening coming a lot more. Coming up in the world. <laughs> We're coming up in the world. These great, great companies are showing us their beautiful games. Mm-hmm. I love goods and services. Goods and services. <laughs> Yeah, but it's yeah. We've been doing a lot of these. It's been it's been nice to be able to talk about these games. Hell yeah! Um, I did not actually get to see the game that we're going to be talking about today, which is the Final Fantasy VII remake by. Um, it says here, Square uh, Enix. A, it's a little indie. They just uh, okay. They just started working. It's a Square a Square Square. Uh huh. Square Enix. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. We'll we'll check back with them about the pronunciation later. Hey, that was a dumb bit. <laughs> <laughs> Mickey is in the room but he's not actually on the podcast except when he wants to take pot shots user nikki is being incredibly rude to us <laughs> but you did get to play a little bit of uh, the final fantasy 7 remake over three hours of it. that's more than a little bit then yeah huh. we were told that we were some of the first people to play this build of the game which is quote close to being the final build wow okay uh so yeah we did get to spend a lot of time with it uh in a way a few weeks ago Oh, fantastic! So not a yeah, it wasn't a far, it wasn't a long trip for you. You were you just kind of in in town there for that one. Oh yeah, no, I just drove to where the airport is. Your office is by the airport. Oh right, you were saying that. That's very, very convenient. You know what? Really convenient for them. Not convenient for anyone going to their. Place. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's fine. You know, they have a cool office. It's one of the. This has nothing to do with anything. It's one of the most elegantly decorated offices I've oh, ever been to. Yeah. I mean, like, you go to a lot of these game game uh, developers and they, you know, they've got just pretty loud stuff going on. Yeah, okay. Like Riot, Riot Riot is really cool, but it is loud. Okay. It's kind of like there. And uh, you know, Blizzard's kind of the same way. Square is very understated. Really? A lot okay. Of, like, a mono paintings on the wall. Oh, that's cool. Like statues of like the judges from Final Fantasy. Ooh. Helmet busts and stuff like that. I like that. Really elegant. Like huh. it was kind of. I was kind of. I don't know if it's always like that, but at least when I went to go visit the office because it, it was my first time. Uh, nice, nice space. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, well, while you were there and you got to see this near final build of the game, what parts of the game did you get to see about? Yeah, so that's that. That's we we got to play what most people have seen uh, and, mm. and and already played in the demo, which is like the very very beginning. Okay. Uh, and then, so you know, you've 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 played the original. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Never beat it, but um, oh. yeah, I played a good chunk of it. Yeah. So the the parts of the game that they they showed us in. Uh, this build is basically the first chapter where you are uh, you are getting off the train and doing right. famous stuff, fighting with uh, Avalanche, uh, fighting with alongside Avalanche. Uh, the aftermath of that first reactor explosion, right? Uh, the the siege of uh, uh, Reactor Five, which is the one where you fight the Airbuster. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. The second one, yeah, and then just the boss battle with. Uh, Don Corneo's uh, pet right. ditched into the sewer. He's that like Rancor style yeah. thing, Jabba's Palace moment. Yeah, so th- those are the four chapters we got to play. 
uh, crucially, we did not get to see the wall market or anything like that. We kind of skipped around, but um, yeah, we, we played parts of the game that were very, very familiar from, from the early uh, stages of the Midgar stuff. Obviously the, the sewer battle takes place pretty close to the end. Uh, You know, we are basically collecting like the batteries to get up to uh, Shinra headquarters in the original game by that point, so it's a little bit close to what is the end of your time in Midgar in the original uh, right. game. Um, so it's interesting that they showed us something that was so kind of like far, but um, at the same time, like there are a lot of a lot of questions I still have about this game. Right. Yeah. I mean, you say uh, to clarify for people who might still not know this, um, but you say it's pretty close to the end, and that's because like the stuff that happens in this version of Final Fantasy VII Remake is not the full Final Fantasy VII Remake. It is oh, no. it is the Midgar stuff at the beginning of that game. There is no indication that you leave Midgar. Right. With anything we've seen uh, with. Uh, the things that they've discussed in media and shown on the PR side, there is no indication that we leave. Um, Unless they change, and it sounds like they're maybe making some pretty drastic changes to the to the game. Yeah, and the mean, narrative. I, I think the I think the cleanest way I can describe the way they deal with this particular remake is everything in the original Final Fantasy VII takes about five times longer. Right. Okay. Um, and I don't just I don't mean like. You know, uh, like you know, simple stuff. I just mean like the narrative beats and the locations. Like these things are fleshed out mm. to the degree of like five times. Or right. Um, like you remember when you blow up the first reactor and you're kind of escaping and you get separated from the rest of Avalanche and uh, like the Shinra soldiers are kind of coming after you and you basically choose whether you're going to fight or run. Yeah, I remember that. Um, that's basically a very long sequence of you've got to basically escape this area of the city while fighting a lot of soldiers. Oh, okay. Interesting. So it's, it's kind of more, uh, one, obviously much more natural uh, to kind of play it this way than the kind of truncated, uh, suggested grandness of the original. Right. You know, they're really showing and not telling here. Okay. Um, where, you know, I thought I thought the original did a really really good job of tricking everyone into the, you know imagining the grandiosity of this location. Yeah, totally. And I think I was worried going into this about um, mm, about how empty the actual execution uh, of this would feel. Sure. Um, but fortunately, it it was I would say it's a mixed bag in that regard. Okay. Where I still felt this kind of. Um, kind of dragging linearity that reminded me a lot of Final Fantasy XIII. Mm, the best one. Yeah, right? But, but big caveat, um, you know, if you really just kind of like lift those parts of the original game, those were linear as well. Yeah. The linear things, it's just that you're seeing them from a different, you know, much, much, much different perspectives. So, right. Um, Expectations were very different back then, too, I feel like. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it did, it did a good job of expressing the grandness of Midgar, which is an enormous city. Um, that shouldn't exist. Right. Uh, it's like a weird thing. It lives under a plate. And yeah. 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 And, and for the first time, you 
you get to see more of the city uh, and kind of piece together. I don't know if you remember the uh, the when you're when you're on the train for the first time, kind of escaping. Yeah. Uh, Jesse calls you over to a screen. Yeah. Jesse's an avalanche, the eco terrorist organization you're hired to work for. Uh, for those who haven't played. It. Um, Jesse calls you over and she's like, I want you to look at this, this map of, of Midgar. Uh-huh. And yeah, <laughs> I want you to see just how big this fucker is yeah, now. <laughs> I mean, it was, it's such a, like, you know, one of those moments of like, this is some exposition for everyone uh-huh. moment. But it did, <laughs> what it did do is kind of show you this impossible place. Yeah. And it did give you a sense of the scale and kind of like how small you are in this world. And but now, like you're really kind of seeing that from over these people's shoulders, and um, these places are enormous and they are heavily populated. And I think like the dense populations of these towns that are being uh, threatened by this mega corporation called Shinra, and ostensibly still by Avalanche, who is an eco-terrorist organization. Um, it's kind of it's good. Yeah, it feels right um, to me. Um, so it's pretty cool to see Midgar in this way. Okay, cool. Yeah. Um, and I don't know what does the embargo look like on this right now. Are we able to talk about everything that you saw, or is there still stuff you that we can't, can't talk about? Uh, oddly enough, we can't talk about <laughs> the menu. We still can't talk about that. Okay. Um, but I, I was authorized to talk about one aspect of the menu. Um, uh, and John's it, doing air quotes when he says the menu the for menu. people. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> We, can, uh, we have to dance around it. Famous, uh, famous uh, uh, audio medium known for. <laughs> um, but yeah, we we I can talk about one thing, which is uh, in, in the original game, you upgrade your weapons by just like getting new weapons, right? And they have materia slots, which have uh, which basically are, are slots in which you can put your magic items called materia, right? That give you basically the magic spells and abilities that uh, you'll carry and level up. So there was never really any traditional like this is the white mage, this is the black mage. Right. It was always anybody could do anything. You can kind of piece together who you want in your party. Uh, you can turn uh, Aerith into a total badass like physical fighter if you yeah. really wanted to. Um, you know, out of the box they have kind of affinities, but you can basically shift those. But you you get weapons and like specifically in Barrett's case, like. Uh, Barrett has a gun arm in the original, and he still has a gun arm, arm here, but sometimes he'll collect melee weapons, and your instinct is to always just slot in the weapon that does more damage. Right. I feel like that's kind of how I played it. Sure. And yeah, the the funny thing about Final Fantasy VII from a, an aesthetics point of view is that everyone's iconic weapon feels like the thing that they should always have. Yeah. And so... <laughs> I always kind of wonder, right, well, Cloud has this big buster sword, and it's, like, very, very iconic, when realistically you have that for about an hour and a half, uh-huh. and then you never use it again. Right. The one system I can talk about that I haven't really seen discussed anywhere, you can basically upgrade each weapon now. Okay, all right. That weapon upgrade system it looks to be quite dense. Okay. It's like a sphere grid within each single weapon a lot of like potential to do different things so this is a system that is brand new and it looks to be pretty deep wow okay and it is pretty fascinating how they you know they still basically offer you 
the different weapons that you you probably remember if you played the original. Right. Um, and I'm I have to assume that at some point Ultima Weapon and these like made through weapons will kind of be what you're aiming for. But it also suggested to me, and this is total conjecture because they didn't really answer any questions about it. Um, it also seems to me that you know if if you're like me and think of Cloud as uh, completely linked to the Buster Sword. Yeah, yeah. It seems like you're going to be able to upgrade that in order to use it for the entire game. Sure. Which I think is kind of a neat thing to do um, where I can kind of get into battle stuff. There's a good segue here, but like Barrett will still be able to pick up melee weapons as well instead of use his gun arm. But tactically, Barrett probably needs to keep a, a distance weapon because right. in this game... Uh, like cloud and melee fighters just straight up can't hit some stuff that is like flying or flying in the, on or walls far away. Yeah, uh, like bosses. Like you've seen it in some of the the uh, the trailers and the in the gameplay uh, demos and stuff. But like the bosses in this game have multiple phases. They they use space to their advantage and sometimes disadvantage when you can kind of get get uh, get around them. Uh, and distance, and yeah. sometimes distance when they need to take a breather. But if you're not, you know, working with Barrett and like really getting those those pot shots in right. while they're kind of recuperating, you're looking at a battle that'll drag on for like maybe 15 minutes more than you wanted it. To. Right. So and, and presumably, probably not in this game, but presumably down the line, there will be other characters that can fill that role. Like I know Vincent uses a yeah. gun in the old game and stuff. So Vincent uses guns. Yuffie uses like the big like shuriken yeah. thing. Um, so yeah, I mean, there will be other distance fighters if, if this kind of holds to be the same. Um, like Kate Sith uses a trumpet. I don't know how that's going to translate. It's like a hunting horn. Straight up melee or whatever. They did change Aerith. Oh, really? Yeah. So she doesn't use the staff to melee anymore. She basically casts kind of damage magic. Okay. As, as, instead of being what was more or less a useless... Melee hitter, fighter. Yeah, in the original game, uh, where you know, you I only got to play as Aerith for about ten minutes in that in that uh, sewer battle, but I got to see kind of how she works, and like you know, she is still mostly gonna be your healer, right? But um, she she can she can kind of sit back and do some damage, okay, at a time, but she can kind of wear you down a little bit with these kind of offensive spells. And they're kind of like they're just kind of like physical damage spells. Right. Like. I'm trying to think like Dragon Age two and I think three had a was, similar thing. I was about to say like like it reminded me a lot of Dragon Age Inquisition. I'm yeah. Sure. You're standing far away and you're kind of casting these like magic missile. Yeah, magic missile, magic, magic missile. missile, thunderbolt, thunderbolt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so what what's interesting because I you know you still have the materia system in Final Fantasy VII remake, but um, and, it, and it seems like you'll be able to very much customize. Uh, your character is really any way you want, but it does seem like they have innate abilities uh-huh. more than the original did. Um, so not only do folks kind of retain their limit breaks, but they also gain like these abilities to like stagger someone, oh, okay. or, uh, lower like magic resistance, uh-huh. or you know these things that are built in and they kind of unlock. Um, as you level up your character. They're not connected to materia or weapons or anything else. They're just kind of innate abilities to give you advantages in battle. 
Um, how this is a question because I've talked about on this podcast before how like in our JRPGs one thing I love is buffs and debuffs and the ability to mix and match things around that yeah. anything that basically forces you to do anything besides just cast your most powerful spell yeah. use your most powerful attack yeah. heal yeah. Um, do these feel necessary these like special moves they, or are they just they feel very necessary okay because the battle system in this game is uh, much more legible than Final Fantasy XV's to me. Okay. But it, it, but it is crucially kind of in that mold of it is real time, a lot of action, um, and these battles are going to drag if you don't start mixing and matching. Them. Okay. Yeah. So um, not only do kind of the magic buffs and debuffs matter, but like the stagger meter of your enemies matter. Right. So that's a brand new thing where you know, you really need to build a stagger meter in order to get some enemies to totally lower their guard and you can just unload. So right. Cloud, for example, uh, everyone has two modes where, you know, uh, there's an active time fill, but you're still kind of moving and acting in real time. Right. But those active time fill bars will basically dictate what kinds of abilities you can do in that moment. So, like, if Barrett's active time bar is totally full, he can switch to a mode where he just unloads everything <laughs> he's got in that bar for, like, five seconds. Oh, okay. It kind of gives him a cooldown, and he can't do a lot for a little while, but it's, like, a big, like, punch. Uh-huh. Uh, in case you need to, you know, hit someone really where it hurts in a short amount of time. Like, when they're staggered. Right. And Cloud, for example, has a lot of abilities that increase the stagger meter. Oh, okay. And so you want to kind of use those abilities to weaken the opponents, but he also has two stances. Okay. He has a kind of a normal stance where it's easy to block and easy to move, and he's got like this like offensive berserker stance Uh where he, you know, he just like can't really move that well. You've got to be really close to your enemy when you when you activate it. Okay. Like he, this dude's going to just go ham <laughs> on, on whatever that's really close to him. And so it took me close to an hour of this, this, this demo to kind of like get it. Okay. But once all of those things kind of lined up, I started to get like really excited about mm. some of these later battles that I know we're going to get in that are complicated see that's like an interesting thing about this to me and not necessarily someone who hasn't beaten final fantasy 7 before but just knowing the legacy of the game like this makes it such an interesting thing of like oh you know that the stuff is coming so like it's nature as a remake basically adds this extra layer of suspense to knowing that it's coming and it's like how are they going to do that how are they going to you know right you know yeah yeah because i mean i think like you know even just the battle system you know what I'm a grinder yeah. in Final Fantasy games and JRPGs in general. Sure. I always just kind of do an extra three or four or five <laughs> levels. Sure. You know? And so my RPG experience with these games is turns into almost this chill, I'm going to run around, going to literally hold the X button down and just let this play out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and like... There's a charm to that, and I've yeah. played a lot of games like that. But at some point, that game stops engaging. Right. It's 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 for a different thing at that point. It's not yeah. you're not playing it the way that you play like a raid in Destiny. You, no. Yeah. You know. No, I'm not. I'm not really actively giving my. I, it doesn't seem like there's any room for you to basically rest. Right. Okay. In this game, at least not in or, battle. Not in battle. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I just mean, you. You're every single battle you really get into. 
I think has the potential to break bad. Okay. Which is like kind of interesting. Um, and these boss battles were pretty intricate. You know, I faced the, 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 uh, what is it called? I forget. It's the one with the tail. The assault scorpion? Yeah, or? assault scorpion and the air buster and, and I think it's apps or wraps or whatever it's called. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. I cannot remember what it's called. But, um, each of them had something something different in it that i didn't expect right okay um the cool thing about the airbuster battle was the sector five in the original game is basically empty yeah okay Shinra is basically setting you up right <laughs> so um, it's a they literally false flag you yeah, basically they, they basically just like literally you know, you know lull you into the sense of uh of ease so you what happens in this version is yeah no one's there if the same kind of thing happens, you're thinking, okay, yeah, I know how this is going to play out. Yeah. You know, we'll, we'll plant this bomb and the airbuster is going to show up. Yeah. Well, you actually get to the the core and you plant the bomb and Heidegger, who is the, <laughs> right. the militaristic mind behind a lot of the stuff that Shinra is doing, right. uh, appears in a hologram and he says, you know, ha ha ha, fell right into my trap, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I'm a bad guy. <laughs> Could you tell? You know, and, and you basically go like, oh, you're setting this up. And he goes, and I'm not kidding. He goes, I'm just, you know, I'm going to broadcast your death on TV. <laughs> show everyone what Avalanche is really about. And in, in, the, in the span of a few seconds, he says, I'm just giving Midgar what they need. What they need, bread and circus. Okay. And, and then they go, and then he goes, and everyone will think our friends to the east, Wu Tai, are responsible. And huh. So, so, like, what they what <laughs> it's they getting took, a little Metal Gear took an opportunity <laughs> to do with these moments that I really was expecting to be very straightforward is expanding hugely on a vibe of the original. Yeah, I don't think really got a lot of play. Right, and so. They're making a lot of these kind of like, frankly, very political themes very explicit. Yeah. And I, I kind of dug that. Yeah. And so then what happens is that you're actually then forced to go through this entire base and kind of sneak through some areas, fight some enemies, and then realize that he's getting the airbuster ready before it's ready for actual deployment. Uh huh. And so you have an opportunity to. Uh, compromise the final construction of the Airbuster by deciding what parts of the robot to uh, destroy before they go. What? So it like adds like literally an hour to this thing that was very short. Yeah. Game. Right. You just fight the Airbuster and then you yeah. leave. Yeah. So that's one of those examples of where, you know, I think the team has taken a suggestion of grandiosity and said, Okay, how can we fill this in? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and I was I was kind of like blown away by that sequence. It wasn't that like the gameplay was like that interesting, but there were parts of it that I, I thought were kind of cool. And just the the idea that it looks like the Shinra executives in this version of the game are going to be real like people characters, like, yeah, real characters, and it feels like they're going to be kind of a bigger part of how this. Uh, unfolds, and I think that's both a great choice and almost a necessary choice, mm -hmm. given how 
really when you get down to it, a pretty basic plot. Yeah. Unfold. Oh, in especially in the Midgar stuff. Yeah. The Midgar stuff is just kind of it's the Midgar stuff is basically a prologue in Final really Fantasy Seven. Yeah. It really is. And it takes, you know, five hours to get through and yeah. you basically have the whole world ahead of you and mm-hmm. and a ton of stuff that you know the the the, the question I have we can talk about some other game gameplay stuff, but like the question I have is if everything is getting this treatment, yeah, okay, and we're looking at maybe a sixty-hour game that ends with you leaving Midgar. Uh huh. How many? How many of these are there? Uh huh. Is it? Is this a three-part trilogy or is this like a five-part? Five, part, five six, six. six. The rest of this game is never coming out. Well, okay. So, so like. So that, and that's kind of a thing I was even joking with the PR folks about is like, you know, I said up until six months ago, I actually didn't think this thing was coming out. Yeah. And they were kind of like, yeah, get that. Um, and I said, I still don't think, I'm still not sure the rest of it. Because <laughs> I don't know if you leave Midgar. And of course they wouldn't tell me. Man, but, wouldn't it be wild if they put this thing out and it's just like, it's and the whole game. game. It's the whole game. It's a thousand hours long. I keep, I keep <laughs> having that thought. I'm just like, they've been working on this for so long. Yeah. That like, what if they're just like, surprise <laughs> So you're, po- you're positing that they've Metal Gear 2 to us. Yes. It, what if they yeah. did that, Nikki? Wouldn't that just be but, delicious? But, 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 <laughs> is that you know it's like you kind of get a sense of how big these chapters are and i think they're like they they say i mean they could just be full of shit oh yeah but, yeah. but they, you know they said they're like 40 chapters in this game and then, oh god and then that raps battle or apps battle or whatever oh shit you do a bat rap battle and then that apps battle in the sewer is like chapter 10 i think okay and so i'm kind of like all right <laughs> What else do you do for the rest of that? Do yeah. Um. So there's. I have a lot of questions. Yeah. A lot of questions because I I still am not convinced that this thing doesn't end where the first did. Yeah. 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 But if they if that's true, then they've done a wild job of keeping it under wraps. Under under wraps. So my guess is that that's not true. Today, the year, the year of our Lord, twenty twenty. I think it's difficult. It, it's it, from a like social media standpoint, it's impossible to hide anything. And from like a just budgetary standpoint, I feel like Square Enix is maybe one of the last two companies in the world where I would believe that anyone would be allowed to have that level of like hubris on a project yeah. be- because of Kingdom Hearts three and right. Final Fantasy fifteen and stuff like that. But even those are games. In the case of Kingdom Hearts or Final Fantasy fifteen in particular, that was a game where they were like, okay, we need to fucking wrap this up and they kicked a guy off of it and then brought somebody else in to finish it yeah i, I will say the one argument i can make for it not ending when you leave Midgar, and there's something else after that yeah is they've, they've shown like quite a few sequences of that boss battle that you fight after the motorcycle race in the original okay parts of that. okay and my guess my gut is just like i wouldn't show the very end Thing. Yeah. Sure. You know, unless there was something 
really different about the way this wraps up and and i don't know but my can i say my actual theory that i've had for a while my actual theory for a long time has been that it this part will have all the story stuff with you leaving midgar and then there will be a very 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 empty bare bones version of the world that you can explore and walk around and then the next chapters of this will be slotted into your existing save and your existing data and they'll just chunk it into the open world that already exists so basically like you'll you'll leave it's like thank you for playing yeah and then you know they'll they'll chunk calm in there yeah of a ranch yeah the there'll be there'll maybe be some side battles yeah and then maybe, yeah. maybe the next thing ends at fort condor mm-hmm. um i mean my, my big thing is like okay midgar is enormous and deserves its own 60 hour experience right Juman harbor is not that far off yeah like you know like it's a big place with a lot of exploration and you know, um, I think people forget, like, you only have to go to roughly, like, I think 15% of the screens on Junon Harbor. Mm-hmm. But there are, like, a ton of areas of that space that they just let you kind of go explore, even though there's nothing to do. And I'm kind of like, well, if they... If they put stuff to do there, yeah. Then this place is going to be huge, too. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean... I think it could also end up being, I mean, we're just getting into fucking uh, conspiracy territory. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But, but like I could see it ending not at Midgar, but as they sail across the ocean after hopping that ship. Yeah. Fight Genova for the first time. Okay. So fight Genova for the very first time in that, in that ship. Yeah. And we've seen Genova in the trailer. Right. And that could be a, that could be like a flash in Sephiroth's mind or something like that. Different. You could go into the chamber where she's kept at the Shinra headquarters. Totally. There are a lot of different ways that that could wrap up. So I'm not saying that that's something we've even seen, but like, uh, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, the one thing I'll say is, uh, you know, the, the 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 robes, the dudes in robes that are just like reunion. Yeah, yeah. those guys. Those are in the game. Okay. But in this, in the remake, they're like ghosts. That's who those are. Those ghosts. I'm ninety nine percent sure. Okay. Because they just look like the ghosts of Christmas Future. <laughs> um, <laughs> And so we gotta find Bill Murray. Yeah, yeah. They just look like the ghosts of Christmas Future, and but, but only Aerith can see them. Oh, not not even Cloud. Unclear. Okay. Cloud kind of reacts strangely to them at one point, but like kind of acts like he doesn't know what Aerith. Is. Okay. Anyway, I, there there are elements of this game that are different in ways that I didn't expect. Okay. Um. There's like, I'm getting like, this is a weird comparison to make, and it's also a fucking tired comparison to make because it's every comparison that ever gets made. But there is almost, in 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 a way, a Dark Souls like quality to some of the things you said, especially about the stance changes, because it's like, and I'm not I'm not making the Dark Souls comparison in terms of oh it sounds hard or oh you have souls, but like in the sense that like in the deep stuff in Dark Souls. If you get way into those games, there's a lot of concepts like fat rolling and like light rolling and stuff moving very quickly, moving very, you know, fat, uh, uh, moving um, very slowly because you have a big two-handed weapon that you chunk down with and having to choose between those two concepts uh, and like the thing with 
Cloud changing his stances in that way reminds me of making different builds for characters in Dark Souls. And even yeah. even the weapon sound, it's like it's more like, oh, this is a bunch of different options to handle battle, not like just yeah. raw stat upgrades. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll give a, give a good example. I mean, a piece of material I picked up that was definitely not in the original uh, was roll attack. Oh. And so there's a, uh, there's a piece of material you put in, you, you have this evade maneuver, and if you attack coming out of that roll, if you have the material equipped, you'll do this kind of wide slash. Okay. So it brings enemies in. Oh. Pulls them in. So it's very tactical in nature and not like just a, a buff or a stat upgrade. So, and I imagine if you like had an AOE attack to follow that up with from somebody who could cast a fireball or exactly. something. Mm -hmm. yeah. So there are these like tactical combinations that it looks like we're going to have to kind of juggle. Not only, but, but it also appears that if you just want to just brute force stat kind of upgrades and stuff, you'll still be able to get through this. Yeah. But I found a lot of, uh, I found the roll attack and some tactical stuff I was changing uh, to be battle shorteners. Mm. Stuff that like really tore through these things pretty quickly. And I think like tactically you'll be able to play with um, a lot of stuff that, that, you know, the original obviously on at all. Yeah. But the one thing that they did do that I don't think will manifest the same way in this one, but will probably manifest more of the like the technical combinations of these things. Where I don't know if you remember like like uh doing like weird combinations of material. Like there were things that you could do where like if I if I equipped like W attack with like double slash and then like connected my elemental to knights of the round or something <laughs> i could in theory loop enough things in you know in this thing that would basically destroy anyone if they let me get this one attack off right you know like these things that are not i think out of the box ways to manipulate these materia and these abilities yeah things that i think you know you'll be able to play with as a player I think those things will exist, but differently. Okay. Um, so it'll probably be a more of a, a, a combination of like, oh yeah, no, like Ferraga works really well if you if if you let me if you like Cloud roll attack and pull them all in, I can hit them with an AOE. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, it's it it seems like there's going to be a lot of ways to tackle. I'm excited about that. I'm, I've never been a massive Final Fantasy VII person. I don't hate it. Yeah. Like, no. I, 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 just for context, I'm not coming into this fresh. I've played Final Fantasy VII probably four times. Oh sure. Um, and, uh, and it's very good. You know, it's it's it's, you know, it's it's one of my faves. It's not. Uh, not your favorite Final Fantasy, even no. Not no. My very favorite. Um, but I do. I'm not in that camp that was ever contrarian. Like, mm -hmm, isn't isn't what y'all said it was it's not as great it's i still think it's a incredibly good example of what jrpg right uh, it just so happens that you know it's my fifth favorite uh, <laughs> right which says more about the bangers that we're coming out for that hey if anybody needs a console to play some good jrpgs right now get yourself a playstation one because holy shit yeah, very good um eventually those will all be out on switch i hope Just, yeah um, yeah put suikoden 2 on switch konami <laughs> please god please. um 
But yeah, like uh, it, it's it, it is it's it's definitely one of my favorite games, and I was so skeptical of this game up until I think when, when I played it, and I just I got really excited. Hell yeah! And I think you know that this game sold me a few times. Like a lot of the stuff they've shown in the trailers seems like they've got the right kind of vision for this thing and they didn't lean too hard into advent children aesthetic oh right crisis core stuff like they didn't lean very much into that yeah it seems like they've really retained kind of the spirit of the original um and i i'm really really hyped for it so and when is this out again do you remember off the top of your head april 10th April 10th, so it's like, hey, we're recording this on March 1st. Yeah. Isn't it fucked up that it's March? Yeah, yeah that's wild. Yeah, um, yeah but I, I, you know, I hope to get between now and release some sort of indication about like, you know, okay, now that this is about to be out in the wild, here are plans for what's next, because... Here's the next seven months of DLC or right? whatever it is, yeah. yeah. I mean, that that's kind of what I'm, you know, because then... If, if it's really a lot of the stuff is coming in DLC and then they're going to end the DLC with the natural end of, let's say, disc one. Sure. Yeah. That would make some sense. And that would kind of go speak to kind of the way you think this might roll out. Mm -hmm. um, we still don't have a lot of questions answered. I am so concerned and I did express this to the team over there. Final Fantasy 15. Yeah. Not my favorite game, but I I was disappointed and distressed almost to see that they just said, eh, we're just going to bail on the last of this deal. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, oh, man, that scares me. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's know, not a good precedent to set before this, of all things. No, and when you as a company decide that your gestation periods and development periods for these games are going to be so long, uh -huh. that's just something you're comfortable with, got to just have to build in a lot of this like uh disaster uh -huh. like, you know i it feels like yeah okay yeah we're gonna make final fantasy versus 13 for so long it's gonna be a different game uh -huh. that we're not even gonna really finish and then it's gonna be kingdom hearts 3 dlc mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Like, it's just that that's the one part of it that scares me but you know if any of it is connected to sales at all oh fucking it's going to sell it, they're going to make more money on this than like the national budget of japan yeah. like uh, it, it's going to do really well yeah um, so yeah I'm, I'm excited about it cool well thanks john for sitting around here and talking to me about it and it Ooh, kind of yeah yeah no I'm, I'm excited to it i'm excited for the game so i wanted to ask good questions yeah you know. yeah so that's it for our bonus Final Fantasy VII pod for fan with today, everybody. Thanks for stopping by and listening to us once again. You can always listen to fan with every Tuesday when we put it up. I had to remember because we've switched to when we yeah. record it. No, Keep fine. pushing it forward in the week. Uh, but no, that's every Tuesday. You can also listen to fan fight on another um, subscription on your podcatcher of choice. Uh, fan fight. That's F A N F Y T E is a podcast on fan bite where we have Danielle Riendo, a self-proclaimed MMA expert and amateur fighter herself explaining MMA to LB Hunk tears, our wrestling editor at fan fight 
Fight, the wrestling vertical of fanbite.com, and LB explains pro wrestling to Danielle, who knows nothing about it. And it's very good and very funny. You can find that. It's in a different feed, though, so you got to go subscribe to that one as well. Uh, there will be an episode of You Love to See It this week on Thursdays as well. That's always coming out weekly. And you can go to fanbite.com for all of our great articles that we write every once in a while. Uh, we've been doing a lot of podcasts lately, <laughs> so there hasn't been as much lately, but you know, you can still find some really good stuff on there. We've got some PAX coverage that's worth checking out for sure. Um, and you can find me. Uh, one easy way to find anything I write or pod about is by following me on Twitter at, at Steven Strum. That's S-T-E-V-E-N-S-T-R-O-M. You can also follow John Warren on Twitter. Oh, yeah, you can at Floppy Adult. And you can follow Fanbyte itself at, at Fanbyte Media on Twitter. And uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for listening once again, and good night. <laughs>